Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we have a big episode coming your way. We are going to be breaking down Saturday, February 4th's slate of DFS College Basketball. That's right, all Saturday. So what we're going to do is we're going to have our big preview concerned with the main slate available on DraftKings that starts at noon. And then we're going to break down our top 10 picks for the afternoon slate on DraftKings that starts at 3, which should all tie in to the FanDuel slate that is being offered that starts at 1 that features games from 1 o'clock to six o'clock. So um, all the prices and fantasy points that you were going to hear me today are going to be courtesy of DraftKings, but I am going to throw my full support behind FanDuel College Basketball. I am happy that they are offering it, and I think that it's a good change of pace that they brought it back. You know, maybe give DraftKings a little bit of competition, maybe, you know, provide some good, solid contests for the people over there on FanDuel. And I think that it's all around a good thing that, you know, there's another site doing good DFS college basketball again. So uh, I am throwing my full support around the FanDuel, but my salaries and fantasy points that you hear mentioned are going to be coming from DraftKings. All right, so... We are on the verge of a very unique accomplishment here on Mike's Money Picks. We are close to 100 different listeners for college basketball episodes this week, which is something that is a pretty impressive accomplishment when you think about it, considering that the DFS college basketball community is not that big a one. So here's what I'm hoping. If you are new to the podcast today, if you found this today, hopefully you like what you hear and you will hit that subscribe button and that rate and review button and help me out. If you are somebody who has been listening to the College Basketball Podcast for a while, please help me out. Keep spreading the word, keep rating and reviewing, keep hitting that subscribe button. Uh, and it's just going to help me grow my community and help me keep putting good content out to you guys. Now, if you are also interested, this podcast is doing the full preview to just kind of give you the whole lay of the land for today. But if you want to see how I build that into my lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. The picks that are official are going on there. All right, enough with the introductions, y'all. Let's go ahead and start breaking down the Saturday main slate on DraftKings. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. All right, so looking at the whole landscape of the noon slate, there are two big games that we definitely want to target on the main slate. And the first one's going to be Illinois at Iowa. The total in this game is 152.5. This is not a conference rematch. These two teams have not played already. Um, So these are honestly the two fastest playing teams in the Big Ten. They're both top 65 in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. So I think that this should be a pretty high scoring matchup that features a lot of players who get to pretty high point totals. This is one game we want to make sure to get exposure to. The other game that we want to make sure we get exposure to is Wake at Notre Dame. The total in this game is 151, and Wake is a two-point road favorite against the Irish. Now, this one is not exactly a matchup to target because of uh, the tempo. Both these teams are a little slower in tempo than Illinois and Iowa, but both these teams are good at offense and bad at defense which is a good combination for fantasy scoring. So this is definitely one that we want to get exposure to, and I think there's a lot of players in this game that could provide some real value for us. Now, there are two teams to target um, that might not necessarily be um, you know, a full game stack that you want to do, but these two teams are implied 80 points tomorrow, and so they are worth mentioning. UConn is implied 80 points against Georgetown. In the previous meeting between the Hoyas and the Huskies this season, UConn won 84-73, to so... UConn should definitely be able to get to 80 again. Marquette is also implied 80 points against Butler, which is these two teams' first meeting in the Big East this season. Uh, However, when you look at games in the calendar year 2023, Marquette is averaging 84 points. 
in the calendar year 2023. So I definitely think they will be able to get to that 80 also. So in addition to the Illinois, Iowa, and Wake Notre Dame games, UConn and Marquette are two teams that you definitely might want to find some exposure to. Now, this is a slate that does not quite have a whole lot of star power. All the star power seems to be on the afternoon slate, which we're going to get to later. Um, only two players on the entire slate are priced above $9,000 on DraftKings, which is kind of rare for a 12-game slate, a big slate. To only have two players above 9000 is a rare accomplishment. All right, so let's go ahead and start breaking down the guard position. The highest-priced guard on the board is Tyree Appleby of Wake Forest. When Wake gets to 70 points, he's been pretty money. His lowest total when Wake gets to 70 is 29.5 fantasy points, which for his current salary is about 3.5 times value, which we talk about all the time on College Basketball DFS podcast. Four times value is kind of like the baseline uh, where if everybody in your lineup gets to four times value, you're starting with a pretty good lineup. For GPPs, you want to try to get to five or six. So 3.5 times value is his lowest, which means that most of the time he's getting you that four and five times value. And Appleby... I feel like not a whole lot of people know a whole lot about Wake Forest. So he has not been traditionally a highly owned player. Maybe being the highest priced guard on the board in one of the best games to stack on the slate. Maybe he will be a little more higher owned on Saturday. But I definitely think that um, he's in a pretty good spot. I have no problem deploying him in my lineups. Below Appleby is Landers Nawi of Cincinnati, who has been absolutely incredible in his last six games. He's averaging 39 fantasy points per game in that stretch, but I think this is a fairly bad spot for Nawi and a lot of the Cincinnati Bearcats. This is a huge tempo down matchup against UCF, who is 54th in the nation defensively and 335th in the nation in tempo, according to Ken Palm. That's a pretty bad profile to be playing against, if we're being honest. Good at, good at defense, bad at tempo, just... It might be an avoid situation for all the Cincinnati players. Terrence Shannon of Illinois is a little bit concerning as of late. He hasn't hit four times value in three straight games, but the game spot that he's in for Saturday is pretty doggone good. He's in a tempo up spot against an Iowa team that has given up 80 points in five of their last nine games, and this game has the highest implied total on the slate. Well, I say implied, the highest over-under on the slate is what I should say. So... I think the, the matchup and the spot is good for Terrence Shannon, but the last three games' performance, not been so good, but they've been kind of slower-tempo teams that he's been going up against. So I could definitely see him having a good bounce-back game against Iowa, and I don't think that Iowa's guards really match up that well with him defensively. So I think that this could be a pretty good spot for Terrence Shannon. The last guard in the 8K range that I am really interested in is Tyler Kolick of Marquette. He's been absolutely incredible, y'all. Like, it's kind of interesting to watch because he does not look like a hooper, but man, he has been playing really well lately. He has 41.8 and 57.8 fantasy points in his last two games, and Marquette is implied 80 points against this Butler team. Kolek is pretty correlated with Marquette's total. When Marquette gets to a high total, Kolek's going to get a pretty high total as well because he contributes so much rebounding and assisting. And his run of value has been really incredible. He's hit five times value in four of his last seven games. Uh, I really can't think of enough good things to say about Tyler Kolek. I think this is an absolute smash spot for him, and I would be surprised to see him not get to four times value. 
Trapping down in the 7K range, I am a fan of TCU's Damian Ball in this spot, uh, especially without Mike Miles Jr. in the lineup. Uh, without Miles in the lineup, Damian Ball has kind of taken on the lead guard role and seen increased usage and seen increased production. In the last two games where Mike Miles has sat out, Damian Ball has 31.3 and 40 fantasy points. That's pretty solid for a guy his salary. Now, I do think the spot in this particular game is not a good one. It's a tempo down game to an Oklahoma State team that seems to turn everything into a rock fight. They've only given up 70 points twice in the last month, and those were to Texas and Baylor, who are two of the better offensive teams in the Big 12. So I definitely think that his ceiling is kind of capped by the game flow, but I do think that this is a really good spot for a guy who's seen increased usage and salary hasn't quite been fully adjusted for it yet. Tennessee's Zakai Ziegler has been absolutely incredible over his last five games. In terms of fantasy points, he's had 27.3, 46.3, 33.5, 39.5, and 43 fantasy points. I'll summarize for you. That's four times value four of his last five games, and it's five times value in three of his four last five games. Now, Auburn is a tougher matchup than each of these five opponents defensively, but right now he is the guy for the Tennessee offense. He is the engine that is making everything go, and he doesn't need to score to be successful in fantasy because of how much he contributes with rebounds and assists. Even though the matchup against Auburn is tough, I think this is still a great spot for Zakai Ziegler. Another guy in the 7K range that I do like is Cameron Hilder at the Wake Forest. He's been pretty money when Wake gets to high point totals. When Wake has gotten to 80 points, well, the last four times that Wake has gotten to 80 points, he's had 35, 35, 44, and 33.5 fantasy points. That's four times value every time. So if Wake can get to 80 in this game against Notre Dame, Hildreth is probably going to be having himself a pretty good day in fantasy. Also in the 7K range, two guys that are worth mentioning. A.J. Hogard of Michigan State had 31.8 fantasy points last time against Rutgers. And Texas Tech's Davion Harmon has seen a bump in usage in the two games, their most recent two games, I should say, in which Pop Isaacs has sat out. Pop Isaacs is currently questionable for Saturday, so we don't know for sure if he's going to be out or not. But in those last two games, Davion Harmon has had 31 and 30 fantasy points, which are easily four times value. Now dropping down to the 6K range. If Ole Miss's Matthew Merle is able to play, he has a lot of upside in my opinion. It's a tempo up matchup against a struggling Vanderbilt team, and there's no Deshaun Ruffin for Ole Miss. So this is going to be a huge usage spot for Merle against a team that's not very good. In fact, the last time that he played and Deshaun Ruffin did not, he had 39.8 fantasy points against South Carolina. I think he could definitely repeat that effort against a Vanderbilt team who plays at a higher tempo and is not as good defensively as South Carolina. So I think this is a really good spot if Merle is able to suit up. Now, Notre Dame has a lot of guys that are worth mentioning. Some are here in the 6K range. Some are below, but I do want to mention Notre Dame in general. They played without Van Allen Lubin last Saturday, and they played a seven-man rotation that was really tight, and he's going to be out again this Saturday against Wake Forest. With Lubin sitting out, it definitely opens up some rebound opportunities for other players. If, if you're curious as to how that worked out against Louisville, Dane Goodwin had 10 points and 10 boards. J.J. Starling had 22 points and 6 boards. And then Cormac Ryan had 11 points, 4 boards, and 8 assists. They all three filled up the stat sheet against Louisville. All three are in play against Wake in a game that is definitely very stackable. I would probably not be opposed to playing multiple Notre Dame guards in this matchup. Also in this 6K range, um, 
worth mentioning, C.J. Kelly of UCF has some upside. Um, he's had some great performances recently, and I think it is a good tempo up spot against Cincinnati. And then TCU Shahada Wells is another beneficiary of the Mike Miles Jr. injury. He has 28 and 25 fantasy points in those two games that Mike Miles has sat out. However, he's not quite the same super value that he was earlier in the week. His price has jumped up by about almost 3K in the span of one week, which is kind of insane. Um, but I still think he's a solid value, probably not as much upside as he had when he was 4K, but definitely a guy that can get you to 4K. And in my opinion, a really solid cash game option. In the 5K range, the Vanderbilt situation is worth mentioning. So Tyron Lawrence of Vanderbilt has been one of their better scorers in the past month. And he was benched for the game on Tuesday for what was described as a coach's decision. So we don't really know what he did or what happened, but it leads us to kind of not know if he's going to play on Saturday. So if Tyron Lawrence doesn't play, it, it really didn't help anybody at all against Alabama. It didn't really open up a whole lot of value at all, honestly, because they only scored 44 points. <laughs> so the guys that were really the beneficiaries were Ezra Manjon and Paul Lewis, but like neither had big fantasy days. But if Lawrence does miss this game against Ole Miss, I definitely could see some upside for Manjon and Lewis because of the fact that they're not going to score less than 44 points again, right? And Paul Lewis is an interesting one because he is only $3,400 on DraftKings. Oklahoma State plays a lot of guards. And in fact, quite a few of them are here in the 5K range. Bryce Thompson is my favorite one though. He's had 26, 15, 21, and 37 fantasy points in the last four games where he finished and didn't leave early for an injury. And it's a tempo up spot for the pokes against TCU. I definitely don't mind going to Bryce Thompson. In the 4K range and below, Butler's Jaden Taylor has been really up and down in the past month. But when you look at his average fantasy points, it's just not indicative of somebody that should be at his price tag. So if you trust kind of the season-long form as opposed to the recent form, I could definitely see getting there and playing Jaden Taylor, especially because it's a pretty good spot in a tempo-up matchup against Marquette. Butler, their offense has really been struggling as well. They haven't scored more than 60 points in their last four games, but I think they can against Marquette just because of Marquette's tempo. They're going to have a... a well, I don't know the exact number, but they're going to have a decent amount of more possessions in this game to get to that 60 number just because of how fast Marquette plays. So uh, I don't mind this as a spot for some of the Butler guys, even though I do think they're going to lose this game by double digits. And Jaden Taylor has a, a pretty solid chance of getting to four times value. Now, speaking of Marquette, I like Stevie Mitchell in this range as well. I also like both the Virginia guys, Ryan Dunn and Isaac McNeely. They're both playable, but they lack a little bit of upside due to lack of minutes. They're not bad cash game options in the 4K range. And then Auburn's KD Johnson is worth mentioning in this range as well. He had almost five times value in his last two games, and that's pretty solid. The guy that I really like, though, and he's probably going to be pretty chalky, uh, he is $3,900 on DraftKings right now. It's Ole Miss's TJ Caldwell. I like him with or without Matthew Murrow in the lineup, but without Murrow in the lineup, he's going to be asked to be the leading guy for Ole Miss. And anytime you can get a guy who's like his team's probably leader in usage at $3,900, that's a steal. And so if Murrow sits, he's going to be the absolute chalk play of the day. But hey, if he's the chalk play of the day and he ends up getting you 30 fantasy points, who's complaining, right? So that does it for the analysis of the guard position. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather before we break down the big fellas. 
All right, so on this main DraftKings slate, we do have two forwards who are above $9,000, who are the only players on the slate above $9,000. Jalen Wilson had 38.8 fantasy points against Iowa State last time. Not a bad spot for him, but I would prefer of the two 9K guys to play Chris Murray of Iowa. He's in the game with the highest point total on the slate, and he's fairly correlated with Iowa's point total in terms of when Iowa scores a lot, he tends to score a lot. So between the two of them, I would probably play Chris Murray, but I don't mind going to either of them if you are willing to spend up. However, I think there's some good options in the 8K range. First of which is John I. Broom of Auburn. He had 48.5 fantasy points in 21 minutes against Georgia. That is a staggering over two fantasy points per minute, which is not something you see a whole lot. And while I don't think he can repeat that against Tennessee, he's going to play more than 21 minutes in that game if he can stay out of foul trouble. And Tennessee's a pretty good defensive team, but like if he's able to just have half of that fantasy point or two fantasy point per minute total that he had against Georgia, like he's going to be in a really good spot and he can definitely pay five times value in this spot. Two guys that I do want to mention, but I'm kind of avoiding them, are Justin Mutz and Grant Basili of Virginia Tech. They've both been great. They're both great players in their own unique ways, but this is a tough matchup against a UVA team that is really good defensively, and neither Mutz nor Basili scored above 28 fantasy points last time they played UVA. Like I said, great players, but probably a pass for me today. At the bottom of the 8K range, I do like Adama Sanogo of UConn going against Georgetown. Didn't have the best performance against Georgetown the first time, but he's really been... Um, having a good run of it lately, and I think that he could pay off his value at 8K even. In the 7K range, it's 7,900. I really like Taylor Hendricks of UCF. He's hit four times value in five of his, or in four of his last five games, excuse me, and he has a tempo up spot against Cincinnati. And so, like, UCF is one of the slowest teams in the country. So when they play an up-tempo team like Cincinnati, they're going to instantly get a lot more possessions. So that's a pretty good spot for Taylor Hendricks, in my opinion. Now, two guys that I don't think you can play – both of them in the same lineup, that would be, I don't know, it might work, but it might also be counterintuitive. It's Wake's Austin Carr and Notre Dame's Nate Leshevsky. Both of these two teams have given up big performances in terms of interior defense in the past two weeks. Like, it, it hasn't been good. So, I mean, both of them have the ability to go off. Like I said, I don't know if I would play both of them in the same lineup, but I definitely think that both of them have the potential to return big-time points. Between the two of them, I would probably prefer Leshevsky. I think he might have a little more upside. However, those Notre Dame guards are so tempting that if I'm playing those Notre Dame guards, I'm probably not playing Leshevsky. But if I am playing Carr, I'm probably pairing him with Appleby or Hildreth. So it's weird. It's like Carr would be a better stack with his teammates. Leshevsky would be a better stack, just like a, a game stack, in my opinion. I think Carr's a little more correlated with his two teammates than Leshevsky is, is what I'm trying to say. Now, at the bottom of the 7K range, Kevin O'Banner has been another beneficiary of Pop Isaac's injury for Texas Tech. He's had two big games without Pop Isaacs in the lineup. He had 30 and 45.3 fantasy points in those two games. Now, he only had 15 fantasy points against Baylor the first time these two teams played, but I think that was kind of fluky. Like, I think he matches up really well for Baylor. And if you watch the Baylor-Texas game Monday night, which is the last time Baylor played, Baylor has kind of a weird lineup where... They play three really small guards. Well, not really small, but three fairly small in stature guards, like below 6'5". And then they play a true 3-4 type forward in Jalen Bridges. And then they play their big guy, which you know can be Flo Thamba a lot of times. It can be the freshman Joss Ojanwuna a few times as well. But it's one true center 
a not really power forward, and then three guards. And what Timmy Allen did for Texas was he was a true 3-4 type forward that was matched up against one of the Baylor guards, and he had himself a pretty good night. I don't think there's any reason Kevin O'Banner can't do that. I really don't. I think, you know, he's a little more athletic than Allen, but I don't think he's as crafty as a scorer as Timmy Allen. So I definitely think the O'Banner has some upside. Um, but like I said, he did not do well the last time against Baylor. That's the counter argument. But I kind of think he has the ability to do well against Baylor. So at the end of the day, Kevin O'Banner, I'm not opposed to it, but just know it comes with some risk. In the 6K range, Vanderbilt, we mentioned their situation already. They don't have a whole lot else going for them outside of Lee Robbins right now, and he could have a huge usage rate against Ole Miss. And I think, you know, he's been recovering from an injury. I think he's finally ready for a full minute load. And if he gets a full minute, like full, you know, usage, I think he will have himself a big game against Ole Miss. And I think that he will look underpriced at his price tag here in the 6K range. Now, it is worth mentioning in this range that the last time Iowa State and Kansas played, Iowa State's Asuna Suni had 29 fantasy points, and Kansas's K.J. Adams Jr. had 28.5 fantasy points. So both the two dueling centers in this game, you know, had success the first time they played. And then lastly, in the 6K range, to me, this feels like this could be a Donovan Klingon game for UConn. So Donovan Klingon is anything but safe. He is, if you've ever watched UConn play, he's massive. And he's got pretty good footwork for a guy as massive as he is. But he doesn't have a whole lot of endurance. He doesn't play a whole lot of minutes. But when he's out there, he has the potential to go off. And you've seen him have multiple big-time fantasy performances this season. I think this game against Georgetown could be a big Donovan Klingon game. But, I mean, like I said, it's not without risk because you know he's not going to play a lot of minutes and he's always at risk to, you know, have like a 12-minute, nine-fantasy-point stat line. But I don't know. I just kind of got a feeling that that could be a big one coming for him. Now, in the 5K range, I think that there is a gross misprice in this range, and that is Musa Cisse of Oklahoma State. He was up in the 7K, maybe even 8K routinely before he got injured, and I think he's finally, I don't want to say all the way back, but he's close enough to being back that I'm willing to put him in my lineup. The last time Oklahoma State played against Oklahoma, their last game, he played 18 minutes, and he had 27.3 fantasy points. That's 1.5 fantasy points per minute, which is an insane total. And I think if he keeps that up, even if he only plays 18 minutes, he's in a pretty good spot. And I like him even more if Eddie Lampkin ends up sitting for TCU. That way, just to be a little bit weaker interior defense on the part of TCU. Other than Cissé, the 5K and the 4K ranges kind of feel like duds. Like, there's some guys in here that I guess I could play. Like, David Joplin and Marquette's been playing pretty well lately. Xavier Cork for TCU could be big if Eddie Lampkin sits out again. The last game that TCU played, Xavier Cork had 26 minutes and 25.5 fantasy points. And that was the game that Eddie Lampkin tried to give it a go and played, I believe, like two minutes. Now, below 4K on DraftKings... There is a little bit of value to be had. Dylan Cardwell of Auburn has some upside, as does Ty Rodgers of Illinois. But my two favorites in this range, the first one is Robert Allen of Ole Miss. The last time he played, he had 21 fantasy points, and in that game, both Matthew Merle and Deshaun Ruffin missed. If Merle ends up sitting out, easy, put Robert, in, put Robert Allen into your lineup. And then Wake Forest, Bobby Clintman is an interesting one. He came out of nowhere and played 33 minutes against Duke and had 18.5 fantasy points. Is that a sign of more things to come? I honestly don't know, but if you can get a guy at this price tag playing 33 minutes and 18.5 fantasy points, that's definitely worth a look. All right, so that does it for the analysis of the main DraftKings slate. So 
If you intend on playing any of the afternoon contests or you intend on playing on FanDuel, you're going to want to listen up because I'm going to go over my top 10 plays for the afternoon slate. But first, a quick breather. All right, so it's time to talk about the afternoon slate, which coincidentally has a lot of the games that are in the FanDuel main slate. So there's a lot of guys that if you're playing on FanDuel, you're going to want to listen up for this one. Now, whereas the early, well, I guess the main slate on DraftKings, didn't have a whole lot of high-priced options. There are four guys on the afternoon slate on DraftKings that are above $10,000 in salary, and what's even more interesting is they're all playing against each other. You got Trace Jackson Davis going against Zach Eady and Armando Baycott going against Kyle Filipowski. Between the four of them, and I promise I'm going to name 10 names. I'm not going to count them down. I'm going to go by salary, though, so I'm going to get to 10 names, I promise, but among the four guys who are above $10,000 on DraftKings, my favorite is Trace Jackson Davis. He hasn't been under four times value in six straight games. And we've seen Jackson Davis play minutes at the four and at the five. I think it could actually be a really interesting strategy to play him at the five for Indiana in this game because bigs who can take Zach Eady away from the basket have had success like Hunter Dickinson of Michigan. And so what I think you could see is, you know, him operating as the five with space, being able to drive and get to the rim or being able to distribute the ball from the center position on the perimeter. I think this could be a really good spot for Jackson Davis. Now, granted, it doesn't come without risk because what if he fouls Zach Eady twice and has to sit for 15 minutes? You never know. But I do think that this is a good spot for Trace Jackson Davis, and he would be my favorite between those four plays. There's also a lot of good plays in the 9K and the 8K range. Kansas State's Marquise Noel had 61.8 fantasy points the last time against Texas. That game featured over 200 points scored in it, and no, it did not go to overtime. So this could be another crazy offensive game that it could definitely pay off price tag. I don't mind Keontae Johnson for Kansas State either. Missouri's Kobe Brown is in this range. He gets dual eligibility, and he also has two straight games of five times value, which five times value is always our goal. Xavier's neck... Xavier's Jack Nungy, there we go, made the most of Zach Fremantle's absence against Providence with 53.8 fantasy points. His usage soared without Fremantle in the lineup. And now he gets a tempo up matchup against St. John's, who is not that great defensively. I think this is a really good spot for Jack Nungy. And then the last one in the AK range, Clemson's Hunter Tyson should be able to really punish Miami's small ball lineup down low. Miami, their tallest starter is Norchad Omir at 6'7", and they play four guards alongside him. So I think that Hunter Tyson's size at about, I believe he runs 6'9", and he's really skilled down low. He should give them issues, and I think he could be in line for a big game against that small Miami lineup. In the 7K range, Washington State's Muhammad Gay, which, by the way, I watched Washington State play for... I believe the first time I've sat down and watched a whole Washington State game last night, and I learned that it is pronounced gay. I had been saying like gay or gay or, you know, whatever, but it is pronounced gay. Surprised me. I, I kind of didn't see that coming. Anyway, Washington State's Muhammad Gay. He has three straight games over 36 fantasy points, and he scored 41.5 fantasy points the last time that Wazoo played UCLA. Pretty good spot for gay, in my opinion. Arkansas's rotation has been an absolute nightmare to figure out this season. Like, for real, just terrible to figure out. They're so inconsistent. You never know who's going to get to play. You never know who's going to score fantasy points. But Mikel Mitchell had 41 fantasy points Tuesday night. And South Carolina, who's Arkansas is playing on Saturday, they've given up some big performances to big men this season. So I could totally see Mikel Mitchell, even with the price bump that he got and now finding himself in the 6K range, I could see him having another big game and continuing on with that streak. 
Now, one guy that you need to look out for an injury to monitor in this uh, afternoon slate is with St. John's. If Posh Alexander sits out again, lock in AJ store to your lineup. Don't even think about it. But my favorite independent of injury play in the 5K range is Texas's Tyrese Hunter. He excels in tempo up spots for the Longhorns. He had a great day against Kansas State the first time they played. He had 39.3 fantasy points. He had a great game against Gonzaga, who plays with a fast tempo. He had a great game against Baylor, who plays with a fast tempo. Lock him in in these up-tempo games where he can get up and down and distribute and score. I really think this is a great spot for Tyrese Hunter. In the 4K range, we've mentioned Javon Quinterly on this podcast a lot for Alabama, and I do like him as a play tomorrow, but Rylan Griffin is Alabama's blowout king. He comes in and blowout games and plays over 20 minutes and has himself a nice fantasy performance almost every time. Well, the last time they played LSU, Alabama blew him out. And guess what? Ryland Griffin had 23.5 fantasy points and will absolutely take that from a guy in the 4K range. Now, in the 3K range, the guy that I would prefer to play out of anybody is Desmond Claude of Xavier. So if you listen to the podcast on Wednesday, you heard me mention that A, Zach Fremantle was out for Xavier, and that B... Jerome Hunter was going to be the most direct beneficiary in terms of minutes, but I did mention Desmond Claude as a guy that could see a potential benefit, and he was a guy who could see potential benefit. He played 30 minutes on Wednesday and had 16.8 fantasy points against Providence. That's not a bad total for a guy in a 3K range. Now he's got an up-tempo matchup against St. John's, and I think that he is a guy you can absolutely lock into your lineups in this afternoon slate. All right, so there you have it. Your Saturday of college basketball should be almost covered by now, honestly. So whether you're playing on DraftKings or FanDuel, hopefully you got all the information you needed in this preview to build yourself a successful winning lineup for tomorrow. If you want to see how I'm building my lineups, I can't promise that it'll be successful in winning, but I can promise that it will have research and have methodology behind it that will correlate it to success. Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Lastly, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm dropping some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to on the show, and I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sick questions. Just reach out to me, and I will be more than happy to help. Appreciate you guys for listening. Um, best of luck in all your DFS endeavors for college basketball tomorrow. And honestly, I'm kind of enjoying doing these Saturday podcasts. It's late, late on a Friday night, but here we are. Here we are. We've got all Saturday previewed and hopefully got you guys all the information that you need to go win. So thank you guys for listening and I'll see y'all next time.